Hey, I want to say happy Father's Day to all the dads that are worshiping with us today at all of our campuses. Those of you who are worshiping online, thank you for your investment in our families. Uh, we thank you. And I'm going to tell you that Father's Day is one of my favorite days to preach. And I always ask, hey, can I preach on Father's Day? Uh, when it gets past Easter and Christmas, the next best day, in my opinion, is Father's Day because of how much fathers mean uh, to our families, to our country, uh, to, our, to our culture. And I know that Father's Day can be complicated. And I always hear this, and I'm always you know, listening to this because some of you, some of you have lost your dads, and this day is very painful to you. And so I want to encourage you and know that we love you. We want to come along beside you. For some of you, it's complicated because you and your dad are maybe not in a relationship. And maybe you don't even know your dad. And so that can be really frustrating. Uh, Kyle said last week, and I love it when our, our teachers share their heart because most of our guys, not all of them, but most of our people on our team had relationships that were really bad with their dads growing up. And so when you hear their testimonies, it's really the testimony of a lot of people. And I want you to know that you can break the generational challenges that are faced because of the family that you're born into. For some of you, you were born into a family that everybody in that family has gotten divorced. For some of you, you were born into a family that like everybody, not everybody, but a lot of them, a lot of your family members have been addicted or abused or in poverty. And I'm here to tell you today on this Father's Day that you can break the chains that bind you, that God has a plan for you, and that you're important. And, and I really believe that as men go, so goes the world. And, and here at Venture, we love to encourage and challenge men. Uh, one of our early church fathers says that the glory of God is a man who is fully alive. And I have to agree with him. There, there's nothing like a man who is fully alive, who loves the Lord and loves his family. And, and I want to tell you how you can be that kind of man today, no matter what you faced or what you've done. Now, now I understand that our world kind of is skeptical about men. I mean, when you see the, the, the shows and you see the sitcoms and you see uh, most of the things on TV, it's always men are losers. You know, men, men are going to take advantage of you. You know, you know, you be skeptical. And I'm here to tell you that that's not God's plan. And I don't believe that's, that's true. So today I want you to look at a passage of Scripture in First Chronicles. You say, oh, this is going to be good. Rainy day, first Chronicles, yeah, 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 well, just hold on. I, I know you probably know this, but Chronicles is the writer chronicling the, the number of people and the families from Adam to Abraham through the 12 tribes of Israel. So it's really boring. I mean, like you just got, he begat him, and he begat him, and he begat him, and he begat him, and he was the father of so-and-so, and he was the father of so-and-so, and he was the father of so-and-so, and in the middle of that, you find that the writer plucks a name out of this chronology. And, and he lifts that name out and he goes, hey, here's a guy that we want to talk about because he did something different. 
He was a person that said, I'm going to do something different. You say, what did he do different? Well, he prayed. Now, before you tune me out, because we have this meeting every week when we preach and we talk about the sermon and how it go from good to great. And, and one of the guys on our team said, when you said pray, I automatically got discouraged. Because prayer is hard for me, and, and prayer is like this thing that's not natural. And, you know, sometimes I pray, and I don't really, I don't really trust that God's going to answer my prayers, and I get that. But here's a guy who prayed a prayer that changed the future of his life and his legacy. And it's a prayer that we're going to pray today. It is so simple that I want you to write it down and never forget it. This prayer at 15 is the reason I'm standing on this stage. And, and you talking about having all the, the, the different, you know, generational pathways that probably weren't pathways for success. Man, I had all those. Matter of fact, it would be hard to get out of the community I grew up in because when you were born there, you just stayed there. But this guy was a guy, his name literally means, get this, his name is Jabez. Anybody's kids named Jabez? Would you raise your hand? You got a kid named Jabez, a cousin named Jabez? You know anybody named Jabez? Nobody? You know why? Because it means this guy's name was, you're a pain. Can you imagine naming your kid that? I mean, you've said that, you know, or you've thought it. Okay, you really have, I know. But this mama named him Pain. She said, you're a pain. She was saying, my life is a pain. Our, our family is a pain. And, and maybe you grew up in a family like that where it was really negative and, and all you ever heard is you'll never amount to anything. You know, you can't do anything right. You'd, you could tear up a steel ball with a toothpick. You're, you're just a pain. And, may, and maybe that's all you've ever heard. Let me tell you, if you grew up in a negative environment and that's all you ever heard growing up, you need to know that your parents do not have the right to label you. Only God has the right to label you. And I want to tell you today, on this Father's Day, and I know the weather is bad, and a lot of, guys, a lot of men said, hey, let's don't go today. I'm going to protect my family, and let's stay home. But listen, the legacy, you can refuse to let a label be your legacy. I don't know what your label is. I don't, I don't know what was said to you. I don't know what you thought. I don't know what, like in, in school, where they put you, and you had, a, you had a label. You're in this group. You're in this crowd. Listen, when you know Jesus, he changes your label. When you understand the power of what I'm about to tell you, I don't care who you are and where you've been. God can change your life because, men, you are noble. You get me? Gentlemen, you are noble. You are worthy. You raise the water level where you are. You say, well, how do you become noble? Well, let me ask you, with the royal family, and you're reading all about them and, and Prince Harry and, and all the things that are happening there, but how do you become a royal? Anybody know? You're born into it. You were born into the family. And gentlemen, I need to tell you something. Regardless of what this culture tells you, that if you've been born again into the family of God, you are royal and you matter. And God's got a plan for you. And as your life goes, so goes your family. 
And today, no matter what has happened in your life and how bad you feel like you've done, it can be changed through prayer. So 1 Chronicles chapter 4 and uh, verse 10, I want you to read this and I want you to, to hear what he has to say with regard to Jabez, because they're going along. You'll see this if you look back at all the, the chapters. There's all these names, and they're kind of just rolling, and then Jabez. And this is what the Bible says about Jabez, that he was more noble. He was more honorable than his brothers, even though his mom had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. Everything about him is pain. I don't know, maybe her husband had left. Maybe she suffered from depression. I don't know what it was, but there was something that caused her to name this son pain. And she said, I gave birth to him in pain. And Jabez cried out to God, the God of Israel, oh, that she would bless me and enlarge my territory that your hand would be with me and you would keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God answered his prayer. What if today, with, with all this going on in your life, and you're, you're going to get you know, through church, and you're going to go eat lunch at your favorite place, and maybe you'll even get a steak today because it's Father's Day, and you know, you're going to have some socks and some underwear, because here's the thing about Father's Day, there's always this deal of last-minute gifts for dad. You know why? You never think about last-minute gifts for mom. And maybe you're thinking, that's just the way life is. You know, I, I, I don't make the cut. I, I'm not respected. And I'm here to tell you that the Bible has a different view of you. And if you want God's view of you to be noble, to make a difference in your life and change your legacy, here's the prayer you can pray. You ready? You might want to write this down. You might want to put this somewhere in your Bible. Because if you remember to pray this prayer and pray it with earnestness, then God can change your life. It starts like this, God, I want you to bless me. You said, really, prosperity gospel? That's not prosperity gospel. We have so misused the word bless that we say things like when somebody sneezes, what do we say? Bless you. What does that mean? Or when we don't like somebody, we say bless your heart. Thank you. Yeah. And so when you begin to walk through this and you're going to say the blessing, you're going, I don't, know what even, I don't know what blessing means. Blessing means that you're asking God to intervene in your life. You're saying, God, I need you to help me. When is the last time in the middle of all that you're experiencing that you just got on your knees somewhere by yourself and said, God, I need you to help me. I need you to intervene in my life. God, I need you to do something with my marriage. God, I need you to do something in my kids. God, I need you to do something at work. God, I need you to do something with my temptations. God, I need you to help me. Bless me, God. Help me, God, because I can't do this on my own. Listen, that is the most powerful prayer you could ever pray when you start. It's like AA when they come together and, and they say, you know, I'm, you know, I'm so-and-so and I'm a so-and-so. That's a label. You're not that. You really are saying, hey, I can't overcome this in my own strength. 
And God is so good, he will let AA use his name to make him something that he's not and still bless them. It's the general revelation of God when you say, I need to trust in a higher power to change me because I can't white-knuckle change. I don't know what you're going through. You, know, you say, well, I struggle with, with this and I struggle with that. You can't go, I'm just not going to do that. I'm just not going to do that. I, I'm not going to do that. It's like putting a muzzle on a mad dog. No, no, you got to change the dog. You, you got to ask God to work in you. God, I need you to help me. You say, well, well, well prayer is just asking. You're like, no, no, no. When you pray, you're not getting something. You're getting someone when you pray, God, bless me, you're not getting a new car. You're not getting a skin of your body. You're getting God. The, the, the writer in, in uh, Isaiah, 2 Chronicles 16, 9 says, the eyes of the Lord range to and fro throughout the whole earth, seeking to strengthen the person whose heart is dedicated to him. He's looking for you to simply say, I need you. I need help. I need you to be with me. I need you to do things in me that I can't do. Ezra chapter 8 verse 22, the eyes of, are on, his eyes are on the righteous. His arms are wide open to them. Listen, you have not because you ask not. And, and I'm begging you, when, when you say, hey, hey, I want to be that noble person God has designed for me to be, then you start your day. You, you do this during the, during the lunch hour. You do this in the evening where you say, God, bless me. God, intervene in my life. God, bless me indeed. <laughs> I love that. You know, that indeed part in Hebrew it literally means, God, I need all of you in my life. You say, well, okay, bless me, help me, change me. Okay, good. I just need to be, no, 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 no. Then he prays this. He says, grow me. Enlarge my capacity. Help me to go beyond the borders of what I can do naturally so that supernaturally you'll do things in me that widen the scope of my influence. Can I say, dads, can I just say this? Would you ask God to grow you with regard to how you interact with your wife and children? Can I just say as a man that is so hard? I mean, there's something about when, when and Alicia's not in the service, I think her parents are, uh, so I'm going to be careful. But sometimes when she starts talking, I just, there's something I like, I like to start doing like this. Like, like, you know, like I got up this morning and, and I did it. And, and, you know, I'm thinking, did, are you, is everybody okay? I mean, just, can you start backwards? And for me to work at growing, to listen to her and to enjoy her. You know, being a parent for 35 years with my kids, what I've always done when they start, because I know what they're going to say before they say it. it. It is weird. I've got ESPN. I, I mean, it's, it's crazy. And they'll start talking and I'll jump right to, like I'll jump right to, this is what you need to do. Hey, they're, they're, let, me, let me fix that for you. Right? Let daddy fix it for you. Let, let, the, let the almighty daddy fix this for you. Let Yoda have a shot at this. And sometimes, you know what my kids want me to do is listen and struggle with them. Enlarge my territory. Listen, men, God didn't create you for comfort. He created you to confront the darkness that is in front of you. He made you for more. 
When Jesus prayed, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, it wasn't some more millennial kingdom. It was the kingdom of God in your life, in your family, where you understand that he wants to rule in your home and in your life and at your work. And you begin to pray, God, grow me. God, God use my pain as a platform. I love what Kyle said last week in Ezekiel. It's my favorite verses and the saddest verse in the Bible, really, where Jeremiah said, I look for a man to stand in the gap, and I found none. I don't know you, but I kind of grew up going, I'll tell you what, I'll stand there. I mean, that's part of my sickness, I know, but like, like hey, you want some of this? I'll stand there. I'll defend the fatherless. Purpose. I, I want you to extend your, your boundaries. I want you to take more chances. Do you know that men were made, if you know this, but psychologically and sociologically and anthropologically, you were made to take more risks. And when, when Alicia and I, we got married when I was in college and because I just couldn't wait any longer. He says, it's better to marry than to burn. And uh, so, sorry, that, I apologize for that. They were asking me to stop doing those. Like, that wasn't in the notes. And I don't know why I do that. I've got issues. But it came time for us to go to seminary. And, and my father-in-law, I don't know if he's here or not, my father-in-law, who is maybe the greatest man next to Jesus who's ever lived. Matter of fact, for a long time, I thought he was part of the Trinity. He was the fourth part. Because that's what the way Alicia always talked to me. My daddy's never spit. My daddy's never coughed. My daddy never. My daddy's hair's never been messed up. My daddy, anyway, so so we got to the we got to the Happy Father's Day uh, to my father-in-law. I love you. But let me tell you what happened. You know, he had everything set up for us to go to, I'll do this real quick, to go to New Orleans. Presidential scholarship, a church at Diamond Head. You know, the best housing there was, like Alicia job and, you know, everything going on. And I started praying and praying and praying and praying and praying because I was going like, hey, what should I do? And, and, and I was talking to this guy who was, I know she was a Christian. And, and he said, hey, you need to expand your territory. I, I said, what'd you say? You, you, you already know about New Orleans. You already know about Mississippi. You already know those things. You need to go where you don't know anything. And I started praying about it. And God said, you need to go to Fort Worth, Texas. And, and I'd never been to Fort Worth, Texas. And I remember thinking, you know, I don't have a job. I don't have a, a place to live. I don't have a way to get there. And, and the people in our little country church, I was this part-time youth director. They said, hey, we'll take all your, all your stuff in a horse trailer. And, uh, you know, you, we'll, we'll help you. And so, so I loaded all of our stuff up in a horse trailer. And my father-in-law, I know, like, he had to go, like, he had to get medication. Because he had to have been watching this. And he would ask me every now and then. He would call He'd come up to our uh, room in, in, in our, our apartment and he would, he would put, check the air in the tires. You know, you got 33 and one and, and 42 and one and 10 and another. I said, well, you know what averages out? <laughs> and, and so, so, you know, you, so I've, I've apologized and I love him. He's a godly man. He has to be. And, and so, like, you know, we, we got everything together. And the night before I'm calling, do we find a place to... My point is this. God made you for adventure. God made you to do things you don't feel comfortable with. You say, God, bless me, intervene in my life. God, grow me. Push me out of my comfort zone. 
Don't let me just lay down. You know, it's so easy. Like when you get my age, just play pickleball and, and you know, like, you know, the, the hacky sacky. And, and no, 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 no. You push the envelope. You try other things. And then he says, show me. May your hand be with me. Show me what you want me to do. Walk with me. Guide me. Listen, men, you're the point men in your family. I mean, you're the one that, that sets a direction for your family. And you begin to pray, God, help me make wise decisions. Because your life is really a compilation of small decisions that you're making every day. And over a period of time, you wind up at this place because of the decisions you've made. Uh, Whit, I love this, Whit and Sophia that were baptized today. And, and see, here's the thing you don't know about them. I knew Whit and, and his sweet wife before... They were even married. And I remember watching them and, and watching the way they made decisions and watching how kind they were. And, and Brandy's such an encourager. And I kind of watched them get, grow. And then they got married. And, then all, and, and now they're baptizing their daughter. It's just a bunch of decisions that you make. And, and one of the shyest guys, one of the best guys in the world, he really makes our church run. And you don't even know him. He didn't want to be known. But he's listened to God. He's followed him. You say, how do you do that? Well, I'm going to tell you. One is, you know, I, I know this is going to sound crazy, and I hate to get weird. I know we're at church. One is, you know, this book right here, you might want to read occasionally. You know, like every now and then, you really think you're going to find your way by watching ESPN? I'm way out now. Now, I'm just going to tell you, none of this is in the script. So just sit back and relax. You, you think you're going to find your way through Fox and CNN and, and the, whatever else news that comes on to your phone that is already programmed to tell you what you want to hear? Listen, when you get this book right here and you start reading this book and you start praying and God starts guiding you and you're in the church and you didn't want to come today, but you're here like you brought your family and you weren't even excited about it. But all of a sudden you realize, hey, when I get serious about God, he takes my circumstances and takes me to another level. And there's power in knowing what God would have you do with your life. Can I just tell you, I've been, I've been so blessed that God will speak to me and, and show me things. And I've had the best people in the world, the people I love and respect the most, that have come to me and said, even my wife, this is not, surely this is not the right thing. Surely this is not the right thing. Surely that is not a good decision. And every time when I've gotten a word from God and I've known it's gone with the character of God, it's not going against the, the plan of God and the mission of God, I can stand there like a steer and a hellstorm. I can run like a bison into this, the storm that's in front of us because I know it's God. Your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. With your hand, you lead me. Your right hand, you will take hold of me. God wants to guide you he wants to help you, even in small decisions. You say, oh, you mean like, like what color shirt I'm going to wear? For some of you, yeah. Yeah, I see some of the shirts you wear. Yeah, you're not praying. <laughs> I mean, shoot, man, just, just going to Walmart, you need to be praying. 
I mean, they got monkeys at Walmart. I mean, the guy, they got a monkey on his shoulder. One guy had a kangaroo. I mean, man, you need to be praying. And then you say, God, protect me. You know why? I'm, 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 I'm moving here, okay? When, when you say, bless me, okay, and you say, grow me, and you say, show me, and you get serious about it, you need to pray, protect me. You know why? Because the enemy's coming for you. Listen, nobody breaks into an empty house. <laughs> they break into the house where the valuables are. And when you get serious about your faith and you get serious about your family and you get serious about the hand of God in your life, the enemy is coming for you. And if you feel pressure and you didn't want to come to church today, it's a good sign. It's a good sign. Because if you are a good, I almost said player, if, if, you, if you are really good at what you do in any sport, they're going to guard you. I want to show you something. I just thought this was funny. Caitlin Clark plays for Iowa. She's on defense, and South Carolina girls are on offense. And, you know, the idea is you, you guard people, okay? You know, when you're playing defense, you, know, you man up on them, you D on them. You, you, but, but I want you to watch this clip, and I want you to watch something interesting that I think sums up so many of us when it comes to the enemy. I want you to watch this. And look at how far Caitlin Clark is playing off of Raven Johnson. Daring her to shoot from three. You see her? She's not even looking at her. She swiped away with her hand. That's the girl with the ball right there. Johnson dumps it into Cardoso. She throws it away. Team to shoot the basketball. Watch Caitlin Clark, left side. She doesn't even look at her. Waves her hand as if to say, I don't care about you. I'm not defending you. That's embarrassing. I'm going to tell you something, when I got the ball, you better bring everybody you got. Because it's going up in the air. It's, it's going to go a lot, and I steal it from my own player. It's a ball hog. They call me the black hole. It goes in and never comes out. But here's the reality, man. It, for some people, like, you know why a lot of people are struggling with the enemy on top of them? Because they don't have to guard you. You're not dangerous to him. There's nothing more dangerous than a man who gets alone with God and says, God, bless me. Grow me. Show me. Protect me. Change me. I want to be changed. I want to be different. I'm not comfortable where I am. I know there's more in me. God, I want you to change me. And you know what? You know what the scripture says after that? God answered his prayer. Changed his life. You think God won't do that for you? Whose label are you wearing? What label are you wearing? I'm my daddy. It's a label he gave me. It's my mama. She just she said I was always a pain. My kids, I said I was always a loser. My boss, they just throw me away like trash. 
thousand years after this was written, there was another man from the tribe of Judah, just like Jabez, who went to the cross and took all those labels and put them on himself so that you could have the label son and daughter of the living God. That's how much he loves you. There's not one man that I've ever given up on. Never. Because as long as there's breath in his body, there's a chance he'll pray this prayer. Bless me. Grow me, show me, protect me, change me. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment. And we're going to give you a moment to think through not all the mistakes you've made, goodness gracious, but the reality that you can be made brand new. And maybe you didn't have the dad you wanted. Maybe your dad's not here. And maybe you just need a word of encouragement and blessing. And we're going to ask you to just take a moment to let this flow over you and encourage you and remind you of the man that God has called you to be that's noble, that's honorable, that's willing to say, I'm sorry, forgive me. Father, Thank you for saying, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Thank you for joining us for the Venture Church Podcast. To find a campus near you, check out venturechurch.org.